0: by hearing the words of this song. again on this Easter morning. To all of you who are here, as well as those of you worshiping with us online, we're so glad that you're connected with us. And now, let's go ahead and pull up that slide for me. All right. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And now hear the word of the Lord from Psalms. Mary... capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in his eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Feel free to stand and worship with us. I'm
1: time.
2: For today. It was wonderful just looking out and seeing all the new folks here uh, and and others. So, thank you for joining us today. I want to dismiss the kids for children's worship uh, three years old to fifth grade. So, if you want to find your way out. Easter is uh, probably one of my favorite holidays on the Christian calendar and over the years I've come to really appreciate Holy Week and the traditions that we celebrate within our own family and also within the broader church family. Um, And as you think back on your own childhood, perhaps you have some uh, good memories, uh, traditions of your own growing up. I also recognize today that uh, for some of you, Easter Sunday was no different. Uh, than any other day of the week. And perhaps this is the first time you're joining us, either in the service or online, and we want to extend a special welcome to all of you. Uh, And so regardless of your traditions, or how many Easter services you've attended in the past, my prayer for you today is that God, the Father, will speak to you in a special way. And perhaps perhaps start a tradition, uh, a new tradition for what Christ has done in all of us and through us. So please join me in prayer as we hear the words from Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings he has given. Father, we thank you for your incredible gift of freedom and promise of resurrection power through the death of your son on the cross. Through this gift of grace, we are reminded that in Christ's victory over sin, death, and Satan, he redeems every failure of ours. Nothing and no one is beyond his reach. We thank you for refreshing our souls every Sunday through pastors and worship leaders who faithfully point us back to the cross in the preaching of the word and vibrant expressions of worship. We thank you for our pastors, Luke, Bill, Aaron, and Darwin, for shepherding us through this transition. And we give you praise for J.B., Yvonne, and their children, Emmeline and Bryson, for joining us in answering the call. And within our own community, we lift up a member of our congregation who will be deployed soon. We also uh, ask that you will care for those finishing hospital treatments. And we rejoice with those who are returning home after an extended hospital stay. Father, help us to do great things as though they are little, since we do them in your name. And help us to do little things as though they are great, since we do them in your name. Amen. JB, we want to welcome you and uh, so good to have you joining us this morning, so join me in welcoming JB.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I had to give Gary a little bit of time to give, get my mic going. So, am I on? Yeah. All right. Good, 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 good morning. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And uh, Fusion family, I got to say, it is good to be here this morning. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. Thank you. I'll feed off your energy all day. <laughs> we, we, we worship a resurrected Jesus Christ. I mean, what could be more exciting and glorious and beautiful than that? And God, in his goodness and grace, gave us also a beautiful Easter morning. Can I get an amen for that? This weather. It's 70 degrees, maybe. It will be. I don't know. It's good to be here. And uh, Yvonne and I are excited uh, to be starting this new adventure with you together. Uh, our kids are excited. <laughs> now you're excited too. (laughs) I'm wondering if I didn't attach... Hello? I think... I'm wondering if my... Am I good? Yep. Yep. Alright. I'll try not to keep you awake. Oh, anyway. That didn't come out right. I want to keep you awake. I want to keep you very awake. But our seven-year-old daughter, Emmeline, she's, she's processing a lot of change right now. Um, for her, her whole life has been in Grand Rapids, her school, her church. And, and so she's been asking, asking all kinds of questions like, um, does, my, does my bed get to come with? Yes, it does. I'm guessing that every time I move. I'm going to bring this over to Gary. know you have those nightmares.
0: (laughs) This is not one of
3: them, this is not one of them. (laughs) Meanwhile Bryson, he's he's three and a half and uh, for him he's just rolling with the punches. So I think once Donuts, is that a thing at Fusion? Donuts. Once donuts come back, I think he's going to be good, and we're all going to be in trouble, but Bryson's going to be good uh, once that happens. But this is Easter Sunday. We remember Jesus Christ is risen. Uh, We're wrapping up a sermon series through the seven I Am statements of Jesus found in the Gospel of John. And uh, a sermon series titled, He Is, I Am Not. What a what a powerful reminder that, that we serve a God who is all these things that Jesus has proclaimed. And fittingly, we, we end the series with Jesus' declaration in John chapter 11, verses 25 through 26. Words that help us grasp the significance of this Sunday, even 2,000 years later. For our scripture reading this morning, we're going to just read those two verses. And then we're going to do something a little different uh, for the sermon, we're going to just walk through this account in John 11 and glean some different things from, from Mary and Martha and the, the Jews that have been gathered there, their response to Jesus and what's happened. And for those of you who aren't familiar with John chapter 11, this is the, the account of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And in this moment is when Jesus shares these words that we're going to hear together from John 11, verses 25 through 26. Uh, If you're willing and if you're able, I invite you to stand as we hear God speak to us this morning. These are words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to her, he's speaking to Martha at this point, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? These are the words of our Lord and God's people say amen. 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 You may be seated. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, we pray and we ask that Lord, the truth of these simple yet profound words would resonate in each of our hearts. Spirit, by your grace, you would speak a word of comfort into our hearts this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Five, five years ago, almost to the day, I experienced one of the most difficult, heartbreaking, scariest days of my life. It was April 1st, 2016. It was a Friday morning. And I received a frantic phone call from the other pastor at Providence, Pastor Bob. You could hear the panic in his voice. He said, Lloyd is having a heart attack. And I'm I'm on my way to the hospital. You have to understand, Lloyd, at the time, was an elder in our church. One of those pillars of the church. One of those foundational rocks within the congregation. And more than that, Lloyd was a friend. Someone I loved like a brother. Someone who who loved me. Someone who Bob and I, we'd gather every Tuesday morning for worship. And we'd sing and we'd pray together. And he was on his way to the hospital. Of course, I I jumped in my car and, and met Pastor Bob. I met... Lloyd's family at the ER, downtown Grand Rapids. And there, I'll never forget, I see my friend Lloyd. I see doctors, nurses. The whole scene, is, it was hard to watch, hard to remember. And suddenly in a moment, he's whisked upstairs for emergency surgery. And at the same time, all of us who are gathered there in the emergency room, were whisked upstairs as well to the waiting room at the Meyer Heart Center, downtown Grand Rapids. And we wait, we're scared, and we pray, we pray to our God. I share this story because I think it helps us grasp how John 11 actually opens. John 11 opens with good friends of Jesus in a similar spot. Two sisters, Mary and Martha, their brother, Lazarus. He's he's deathly ill. They're face to face with death. This is the setting. This is the context in which Jesus speaks the words that we just read together. I am the resurrection and the life. He does not speak these words in a moment of victory, but in the face of death. And we see in John 11 that when, when faced with death, we see natural responses of people who Jesus loved. See, death leads us to desperation, despair, and doubt. And we see each of these responses in Martha and Mary and the group of Jews who had been gathered there. What I want to do is simply acknowledge these three different responses. Of course, these are just three of many responses we might have when we encounter death. And please hear me, I, I'm not sharing this to condemn these responses as a lack of faith or anything like that. These are natural, understandable, authentic, and real responses when faced with death. But let's consider each as we walk through John 11. First, we hear the desperation. The desperation of two sisters who, who send for Jesus in verse 1. Hear these words, as, and also you can follow along on the screen Verse 1, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. This happens in the very next chapter, chapter 12. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Can you hear the the desperation? Can you can you feel the situation and how serious it is? Lazarus is deathly ill. It's so serious that the sisters desperately send off, send word to Jesus. Because they know that Jesus, they know who Jesus is, and they know that Jesus can heal their brother. We're not gonna read this first part of chapter eleven, but Jesus gets word and he doesn't come actually doesn't come right away by the time word reaches jesus he already knows that lazarus is is dead and he waits an additional two days and finally when jesus does come to bethany the city near jerusalem and lazarus has been dead in fact we're told lazarus has been in the grave for four days he's been in the tomb But Martha is still desperate at this point. We pick up at verse 20. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Can you feel the desperation? Martha runs out to meet Jesus on his way to Bethany, and in her response, we can still hear some level of desperation. Lord, you could have prevented this, but even now, do something. Can you hear that? Do something, Lord. Do something. Desperation. Pleading with Jesus to do something to help her brother. Desperation of Martha. Martha. Second, we see the response of Mary. Mary, not just desperation, but Mary is at a point of just despair. She is completely devastated. She's a wreck. We pick up the story in verse 28. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary also runs to meet Jesus on the way. She's, she's rushed, she's hurried, she's, she's weeping. We can imagine her disposition, despair, and devastation because her brother has died. Where were you, Lord, she says. It's important to note, how does Jesus receive Mary's despair? He he receives her despair. He receives her tears. In fact, he comforts her. And he weeps with her. Jesus wept. You remember the verse? Despair, desperation, devastation. And then third, there's, there's another response. This time it's the response of, of the crowd, though it's really not a crowd, it's a, it's a group of Jewish people who are there to comfort Mary, the sisters. Some of those present, will find out, end up believing in Jesus. Others end up going to the religious leaders and plotting to have Jesus stopped. But in their words, in their response in verse 37, we hear these hints of, of doubt. Verse 35, Jesus wept, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Yet some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind men have kept this man from dying? Here a group of Jews echo the sentiment of Martha and Mary, but interlaced in their words is cynicism and doubt. This Jesus can heal a man who has been born blind, but he, but he can't even save his friend. You can hear the condescending tone, the words of some there, doubt. Desperation, despair, doubt. Understandable, understandable responses when face to face with death. And my guess is for each of us here this morning, we can relate on some level. Most of us have faced death in one form or another. Maybe the physical death, the loss of someone you love, or, or maybe a death of, of another kind in the form of loss. Loss of a relationship. Loss of a job. Loss of income. A way of life. This, this whole past year, 2020, has been a year that has felt like a lot of loss. And so the question is, comes on Easter morning on resurrection Sunday. What does the resurrection, what does the the, the 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 resurrection Easter Sunday have to say to us when we find ourselves in the waiting room? What did the resurrection of Jesus say five years to, to me and those gathered in that waiting room as we, we waited and wondered what the future holds. What we have here in John 11 are the words Jesus speaks into such a context. These are the words we just read together a few moments ago. What does Jesus say in the face of death, desperation, despair, and doubt? He speaks a word of resurrection and a word of life. Notice, Jesus speaks these words of resurrection and life in the face of death. Jesus did not wait until after Lazarus had been raised from the dead. No, he speaks them in the depths, in this moment of despair and desperation and doubt. And he speaks of future hope and he speaks of a present reality. His first word is, is a word of future hope. His first word to Martha, beginning with verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now regardless of what Jesus was referring to here, Martha interprets his word as a word of comfort found in the resurrection of the dead on the last day. This is something that many Jews believed at that time. There was this future hope that there would be a bodily resurrection prophesied in the prophets uh, that one day, the day of the Lord would come. And those who had been laid to rest would rise again. In fact, if if you go to Jerusalem today, the Mount of Olives is, is still filled with countless, hundreds and thousands of tombs of Jews who still believe the resurrection of the dead. But for us, as Christians, as those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what does the resurrection of Jesus Christ have to say to us who face death? See, on that first Easter when Jesus Christ walked out of the grave, this truth of the resurrection was confirmed and cemented into reality. Jesus' bodily resurrection 2,000 years ago assures us of this future hope. When we find ourselves in the waiting room, maybe some of you are in the waiting room this morning, When we find ourselves face to face with death, this assurance of heaven, eternal life, life after death, is indeed an anchor for our souls, something we cling to because it is a truth that is assured to us in Jesus Christ by the grace of God. Can I get an amen to that? We celebrate that reality, that future resurrection, and yet for Martha here, Jesus wanted to reveal to her something even deeper. Than just that. Amazing, profound truth. He was speaking also of a few, not just of a future hope, but of a future hope right now, a hope for today. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Uh, There will be a resurrection the final day, but I am the resurrection, Jesus says, and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus is saying the resurrection is more than a future moment. The resurrection is more than just a day in history. The resurrection and eternal life is more than something that will happen to you someday in the future. Jesus is saying he is the resurrection. Jesus is saying, he is life. And for Martha, who he's saying this to, Jesus, the resurrection and the life is standing right in front of her. Resurrection, life is here and now. Jesus is saying the resurrection is is more than just a future moment. Then Jesus shows Martha and everyone else the reality of what he's claiming, that what he is saying is true, when he then goes to the grave of Lazarus and calls out Lazarus' name, and Lazarus, Martha's brother, is raised from the dead. In a twist of irony, this is what precipitates Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem, where he then would die so that we might experience life, both now and now. And forevermore. And again, what does this reality mean for us as followers of Jesus Christ 2,000 years after the resurrection of Jesus on this Easter Sunday? What it means for us today is that because Jesus died on Good Friday, because he rose again Easter morning and sent his Holy Spirit. There is more than just future hope. We have hope for today because Jesus, the resurrection and the life, just like with Martha, Jesus is here. He is with us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, Jesus is present with us right now. Because of God's grace, because of God's love for us, he has come to us. In Jesus Christ, who remains with us today by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection and life here and now. And Jesus, just as he said to Martha 2,000 years ago, asks us a similar question after saying this. Do you believe this? Here Jesus asks the same question to us. Do you believe this? And remember, Jesus asked this question before raising Lazarus back to life. Before the miracle comes, he asked Martha, do you believe this? What does it mean? What does it mean to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? And what does it mean even when we find ourselves in the waiting room? Five years ago, we sat in that waiting room at the Meyer Heart Center in downtown Grand Rapids. And we were desperate, and we were praying. We were desperately praying for a miracle. And I got to tell you, we believed. We believed that our God was powerful enough to save our friend, a husband, a father, a grandfather. We believed that Jesus could save this man that we all deeply loved, and so we prayed, and we were calling out to God. But instead of giving us a miracle, the doctors brought us to a private room and shared there in that room that they did all that they could. There was nothing more that they could do. And in that moment, we were face-to-face with death. We were face-to-face with desperation, despair, and yes, even doubts and questions of how and, and why. And here's the question I want us to land. What does it mean to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? And what does it mean to believe this truth even when the miracle does not come? See, Fusion Family, I was, I was desperately trying to find a, a story as I was beginning my planning, to, to a story that, that shows the power of the resurrection, victory over death, a miracle testimony, good news because Easter reminds us powerfully that, that we are resurrection people, that death does not have the final word, and that is still true. But what I realize is that for many of us, maybe even right now in this moment, but for sure throughout this past year, this past year has been a year where it's felt more like death and loss than the miracle of Easter. And I thought maybe more fitting would be, what does Easter have to say when we find ourselves in the middle of that difficult journey? And the truth is this, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has a lot to say. You see, Jesus, when, when he asked this question to Martha, he was, he, he was not asking Martha if she believed a miracle would happen. Jesus was not asking Martha, do you believe this? Do you have enough faith so that I can raise Lazarus from the death? No. He was not asking Martha if if she believed in a particular outcome. No, Jesus asked Martha if she believed that resurrection and life was found in him. And you can tell she doesn't quite understand what he means by this, but she says, yes, I believe that you are the Messiah, the one who was promised to come. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? and that he, that Jesus is here, that he is accessible and present even in, and actually maybe especially in, the waiting room. Here's what I found so profound about this account in John 11. It's this, that in the face of death, in the face of death, Martha is is desperate. She's desperate, right, for answers because death is right in her face and where does her desperation lead? Her desperation leads her right to Jesus. And Mary, who's just devastated, right? She's just torn apart. She's weeping. Where does her desperation, where does her devastation, where does her despair lead her? It leads her right to the feet of Jesus. And even those Jews who had been gathered there to comfort the sisters, even in their questions and their doubt, where does it lead them? Ultimately, it leads them to. Jesus, The most profound thing in this account that I realized is that it's so often this is where life and resurrection and redemption and spiritual depth is found when we find ourselves in the waiting room, face to face with death, experiencing despair and desperation and devastation and even questions and doubt. And so often that is a path that leads us straight to the feet of Jesus Christ, right where we need to be. And in Jesus Christ, we experience not just hope for, a life to come. Yes, we cling to that because that's life for our soul, but we find life even in the moment. We find hope even in the moment. I have to tell you, five years ago, it was still one of the hardest days of my life, but in that moment, we experienced the same thing. Because we clung desperately to the hope, yes, the eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ that was an anchor for our souls, but we also found ourselves hurting and bewildered and was it difficult, was it painful, yes, but we found ourselves at the foot, the feet of Jesus. Friends, our pain, our despair, yes, even our doubts can be, by the grace of God, pathways that lead us straight to the feet of Jesus Christ. Because by God's grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit, He is right here with us. Jesus Christ is where life and resurrection and redemption and, yes, spiritual depth is found. Infusion family, I don't, I'm not sure what you're facing this morning. I'm the new guy, right? I'm the new guy. But I'm willing to guess that, that some of you find yourself in a waiting room of some kind. Waiting. Wondering. Unsure of what the future might hold. But whatever it is, hear the invitation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection, who is the life, who is alive, who is here, who is present, who has won the victory over death, who offers us, yes, a future hope for all eternity, but he also offers us hope and comfort and grace right here, right now in this moment. So here is invitation when he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Let's go to God in prayer. Will you join me? Most gracious God, we thank you for your word. Lord God, one of the things I'm struck with right now in this moment is God, your word is is filled with with accounts of of real people experiencing life in real ways. And because of that, your word, whether it's the the Psalms, the songbook of Scripture, whether it's the narratives, the accounts of your people, Lord, there there is this this realness and authenticity. There's this relatability because what we see your people experiencing 2,000 years ago, Lord, Remain so often the experiences of us, your people today. And Lord, just as you are alive and present before Mary and Martha and those gathered calling Lazarus from the dead, Lord, you are present here. The resurrection and the life. And Lord, you're calling out to us to come and experience life, experience hope, experience joy and laughter and wonder. So, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would meet each of us wherever we are this morning. Lord, for some of us, our our hearts are just overjoyed because it's Easter morning and the sun is shining. And, Lord, meet us in that space and help us to celebrate and be joyful. Lord, some of us are here and our hearts are filled with questions or despair, maybe even doubts. Lord Jesus, we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit you would meet each of us in that space and that you would lead each of us to your loving arms and that we would experience hope. Hope for tomorrow, yes, but also hope for today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We invite
0: you to stand and worship with us.
3: It's one of my, one of the newer songs that I just, I love. Uh, It's powerful, the music, but it, it just retells the gospel. The gospel, the move of God. Right To send His Son Jesus Christ into this world that Jesus stepped into and, and willingly gave his life so that we would be united with Him. It's why we light this candle, right? Every Sunday because we remember that Jesus is here, Jesus is with us, and God throughout history has been moving toward us, His people, because we need it. We're people of grace, right? This is the gospel good news. And that's the reminder for today that, that yes, there is life. There is the promise of life eternal. That is an anchor for our souls. But we have access to Jesus by his grace, by the power of the Spirit, here and now and in every moment. And so open your hearts to the invitation of Jesus. Receive that grace today. And yes, celebrate and eat ham or, or lamb or whatever you're eating this afternoon. Enjoy the sunshine. Laugh and be filled with joy because we serve a God who is alive. Amen? Amen. Amen. I gotta, I got to resist. I started preaching a second sermon here. I'm supposed to just give a blessing. But, but we are resurrection people. Remember that. And remember that blessing and go with God's blessing upon you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. 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 And we're going to be gathering outside, maybe?
0: Yeah, people are welcome to connect with one another.
3: I'd love to meet you, and I won't remember your face, but...